For the last year now, almost, we have been journeying through the Gospel of John together here at St Paul's. And uh, since last June, we've taken three big chunks of time to listen, to look and to learn from the life of Jesus here on earth. And today uh, we have made it on Easter Sunday to chapter 20 and the account of the resurrection. In fact, over this last season, we've been uh, looking at the passion of Jesus and each of the talks have begun with the letter P. We, we began looking at his preparation and his procession, uh, his pattern, his, his peace, his promise. And today in chapter 20, we're going to be looking at the plan of Jesus. And actually, I'm going to give it to you straight away right now. The plan of Jesus is to save you. And to send you. Hey, why don't we pray together? Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you do have a plan and that you died to save us, that you rose to send us. And thank you that you're here with us now. And Lord, as we look at your word, Holy Spirit, pray that you would empower us, fill us up, challenge and shape us for your glory. Amen. Amen. Hey, last week, Mark spoke to us from John 19 and uh, talked about the pain of Jesus. We looked at the account of the crucifixion and Jesus's death. Mark talked about how Jesus steps into our pain in order to save us, in order to birth hope within us. On the cross, Jesus took our shame and our guilt, our selfishness. On the cross, Jesus took the, the brokenness of the world and he bore it so that we might know forgiveness. Jesus died in order that we might live. And today we're going to pick up the story again in chapter 20. Uh, we're going to start in verse 1, but then I'm going to jump forward to uh, verse 11. We're going to focus on verse 11 to 22. So beginning from verse one. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one who Jesus loved. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, but we don't know where they've put him. Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away. She said, I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. 
And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So here we find Mary at the tomb and she is overcome by loss and pain and grief. She's anxious and confused and she's alone. It's an interesting picture for us, isn't it, at this time? And in this season, I'm sure lots of us can understand those feelings that Mary had. You know, we've been in the middle of this pandemic now for weeks here in the UK, in fact, around the world. And, uh, and it seems like loss and grief and pain are just being amplified louder and louder. I've never known anything like it before. And someone said to me, this week is almost as if the whole world is in trauma. But amazingly, it is right here in the midst of Mary's trauma, right in this very state that Jesus turns up and everything changes. I love the fact that the first person that Jesus chooses to appear to after the resurrection isn't a religious leader or someone who's famous or, or even someone who's kind of looking like they've got it all together. Jesus chooses Mary, a woman with a, with a questionable past who, who frankly is, is, is in a mess. You know, the word that we see here in scripture says that she's wailing aloud. She's outside the tomb, desperate. She's broken, her world has been shattered, and everyone can see it. But it's there in the trauma that Jesus turns up. And he doesn't appear in order to speak his power. He doesn't turn up in order to, to challenge her about faith or, or about her lack of faith. He doesn't even tell her to be strong and pull herself together. But Jesus just turns up and he's with her, concerned for her. His words for her are full of gentleness and compassion. You know, this woman who, who doesn't even recognize Jesus, but Jesus knows her. And he tenderly speaks her name. I want to encourage you today that Jesus doesn't just show up for the religious people or for the good people, you know, for the people that look like they've got it all together. Even if you don't recognise him, he is there for you until you do. But when you do, everything changes. You know, for Mary, everything changed. Her sorrow suddenly got swallowed up, you know, peace is restored as death gives way to life. And immediately this place of resurrection becomes a springboard as Jesus sends her out 
Don't hold on to me, Jesus said. Go and tell. We see this wonderful movement of peace as Mary receives from Jesus and then runs to share what she's seen and heard. Today, we are invited into that same movement of peace. Our world is in trauma. We're surrounded by anxiety and and death. And and actually, we were even before COVID-19 came on the scene. But, But maybe more now. People are desperately searching. Questioning. What's the meaning of it all? Questioning faith. And you know what? We have the answer. We've seen and we've heard Jesus is alive. And not only that, but he has peace for you. My peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. That's what Jesus said. And that's a comfort that we need to share. Yeah, here at St Paul's, we keep coming back to that verse in 2 Corinthians, which speaks of Jesus who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Now, those are the kinds of Christians that the world needs today, the kind of Jesus followers that you and I need to be today. The kind who don't just hold on to Jesus for ourselves, but go and tell. Now the plan of Jesus doesn't end on the cross. In fact, it kind of just gets started there. Jesus died to save you, but he rose again in order to send you. And there's a momentum here. You know, there's a momentum in John 20. We see this pattern again as Jesus appears to his disciples. Later that evening, we read that they're locked in a room and, and they're full of fear. You know, again, it's a picture that resonates with us in this season as so many of us are locked behind our doors and fearful of this virus. But right here, in the midst of their trauma, again, Jesus turns up and he says three things. Peace be with you. I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Peace, purpose, power. Yeah, they were literally in lockdown, but suddenly Jesus turns up and everything changes. This locked up bunch of young men who are full of fear instead get full of the Holy Spirit and they go off and kickstart the church. And over 2,000 years later, we are still here And Jesus is still alive and the plan hasn't changed. Jesus died to save you and he rose again to send you. Peace be with you. I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus never sends us out alone. We always go full of his Holy Spirit, propelled and empowered. Yeah, that's the great promise of the resurrection. That the power that conquered the grave lives in me and in you. You know, it's a remarkable time for the church right now. You know, man, it's been a challenging few weeks, but I've loved the way that we've seen the church respond all over the world. 
the creativity that's erupted as people have worked out new ways of gathering together, new ways of worshipping together, as new initiatives have been launched in order to care for people physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. You know, as the church has stepped up in order to offer peace to the world, the kind of peace that is only found in the risen Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you for helping lead this charge and I want to encourage us as we continue to journey together in this strange season to remember the plan, <laughs> the plan that Jesus died to save you and he rose again to send you. Yeah, we have peace and we need to share that peace. Yeah, perhaps today is an especially difficult day for you, and there may be lots of reasons for that. You know, perhaps you don't recognise Jesus with you now, but I want to assure you that Jesus is here. He is with you. He knows you. He knows your pain. He knows your name. He has peace for you, and he has peace for you to share. I want to finish just by reading verses 19 to 22 again, and then I'm going to invite you to wait with me and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to breathe on us afresh today. On the evening of that first day of the week the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and he stood among them and he said peace be with you and after he said this he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit.